wedding stuff is not like paid like dude i know also like i don't know if you've been on visco lately but c1 filter you now have to pay i don't know the names of them but like it was a standard one before why do you have to pay for it now how did they pick and also if you're like adjusting the brightness or a bunch of random shit now like i went on to fucking edit a picture of a tree and it was like sorry if you want to fucking edit this shadow of this tree you're gonna have to pay eight dollars a month for the visco subscription i was like what the fuck that no i'm not wait that's crazy i know looks like i'm editing all of my photos on the presets that are on instagram so (laughs) let me just revert back to my eighth grade self because that's where we're at financially. I'm not trying to pay eight dollars oh, a month. I'm for not that. paying to edit my photos anymore. No, we're not doing that. But yeah, so um, welcome to AA. Uh, so I want to welcome on an absolute girl boss and a woman in business, the queen of New York City, and my sister from Gamma Phi Beta at Miami Love University, it. Stephanie Hamilton. Ooh, happy to be here. <laughs> I washed my hair for you. Aww. Um, speaking of New York apartments, actually this morning, my drain and my shower stopped working. And so I was like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me or maybe it's a general thing, but I cannot stand the tub having more than the normal amount of water it should have in it while during a shower. And so I I did my whole like hair wash routine so mm-hmm. fast. And I think I do like still have conditioner in it because I'm looking yeah. at it like it looks like I didn't dry my hair. And I think that's like <laughs> residue. If you're looking to move to New York, that's my advertisement. <laughs> and um, that's it. That's the whole yeah. thing. It's actually on a billboard. No, but honestly, like when I came to visit you and well, not came to visit, but when I was in town and saw you and Alice, yeah, it seemed like you both were having a great time. And yeah. New York City is the place to be. I think for her too, but I know at least this is a long time coming showing up to the city, like living in the city when I was younger. This is where I wanted to move. Like I went, we went Miami of Ohio, way out in the Midwest, went there and like, I never had another intention other than to come back to the East Coast and Mm -hmm. like specifically New York. I think like no matter what I did, this was was where I was going to end up. Mm -hmm. And I I think like just that is exciting. Just being here. No, it's been great. I think I'm what, seven, seven months into my life. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's really insane. When I hit like the six months at work, I was like, wow, how did we get here? Dude, I'm coming up on a year and it does not feel like it one bit. No, We literally graduated like in a few days a year ago. Yeah, well, that's what that's what aged me or like made me feel old is I saw girls at school who were posting their grad photos or I don't know, doing all the stuff we did in the last week of school. And I was just thinking it's impossible that they're at that experiencing point that to me that felt like last month. I know it's so weird and it sounds so stupid to say, but as an adult, time goes by scary (laughs) fast. Like you wish your entire week away because you're like, okay, work sucks. Like I'm here nine to five. And then after that, okay, I literally have like four hours to do something with my day minus the hour that I'm going to cook something. And then minus another hour that I'm going to eat that. And then I'm going to shower and work. The way that everything works out, you literally have like 
three hours of hobby and free time. Yeah. Uh, what do you do after you're done with work? Um, I'm in a, I'm in a funny stage where I, I have two tasks every day and one's to work and the other's to study I'm doing my CPA, but I took that yesterday. So now I'm like excited to have a couple of days between now and school release. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like living my normal life. And I finished work today. I was like, um, what do I do? <laughs> I'm going to wait for the drain guy and then I'm going to make dinner and I'm going on a podcast tonight and I don't know, maybe I'll paint my nails. Like, I'm like, what the hell? Wait, that's Uh, no joke though. Like the CPA exam is intense. Yeah, it's a lot. I was trying to describe it to someone and I was like with each exam like even though like I took it yesterday right Mm -hmm. I I, all I have to do is wait for that score and then go on to the next one but it's just this feeling of like there's constantly something else to do even if you don't like you got enough studying done that day you got through the chapter you needed to do you're done work I feel like I'm constantly like okay I'll have fun or like I'll like be free once I'm done all four sections and I know for a fact knowing me and seeing how bored I was just today, I'm going to be like, oh, I should go for, I should study for something else. Yeah. But I <laughs> and think, then I'll put myself through the same thing. I think though, like, you're just going to find something else that you're going to replace with that routine. Like yeah, you're going to find a I workout so class. You're going to do something else. There is going to yeah. be something else. And God forbid it's studying because holy <laughs> shit, I literally, it's so boring. I could not imagine sitting down at a desk, looking at a book, reading it, trying to absorb notes. Yeah. I don't think I can do that ever again. Like ever again. I don't understand how people drop like at post-grad and then pick back up studying. I think that's really hard. I think you really have to want to do it. Mm -hmm. The only thing that like doesn't, well, two things. One is that like, I want to do it in the Mm -hmm. end. I don't want to do what I'm doing right now, but I want the end goal. So like, that's what keeps you opening the book every day. And then two, like just coming out of post-grad, already having studied all that time, like, and and you study, you're just, you don't know what it's like to not. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I completely get that. It doesn't make it any easier or like make it any less no. strugglesome because studying honestly was the hardest thing for me. I just could not sit down and ever focus on anything. It's so bad. The hardest part is like you work at your, you, you work at your desk mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, time to study at the exact same same like desk and chair that you work at one thing that's been good is it gets me out like finding places to study so like coffee shops Mm -hmm. libraries the Mm -hmm. big new york public library um in midtown which is like i don't i can't like give you a movie that it's in but it's (laughs) i love that you like that's where you automatically go like it's probably in some movie or tv show it is like I, an episode of Gossip Girl had to have occurred like in front of the library, but it's got like the big mm-hmm. rose room and like, and it's so quiet, so peaceful. There's a plus to it. I'm finding things to do like that, um, places I wouldn't have normally gone and ventured to. So would you say that the one benefit that you've gotten from studying for the CPA exam is just going out and going to coffee shops and going to the library? Like, I haven't been to the Boston library. I would love to. I don't really yeah. have an excuse to go there though. I guess like it's not exactly social. Like it's pretty independent, but like yeah. I, something I always feel like I'm missing is like, okay, Saturday hits and everyone goes, does the things that you don't really have time to do on the weekdays. 
And mm-hmm. so, like, a way I feel like I'm actually, like, seeing my city is by doing that. I definitely want to go around Boston and see it more. But it's also all of my friends have lived here for some time. And they're like, okay, Sarah, we're not walking through the Boston Garden with you. Uh, We've yeah, been you there. have to do things like that. But it's like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And what am I going to do? Like, I, I have to do it by myself. Like, that's kind of what I accepted. And that's, yeah. even though I'm in a city full of people, there's going to be things that I just have to do on my own. And so yeah. that's what I'm going to have to do on my own is walk through the Boston Garden, go to the Boston Library. Like, these are the things that are just on my to-do list that nobody else is like, yeah, I would love to do that with you. Um, I feel like you could definitely find someone that wants to do those things. And if anything, you can do like walking tours, like audio tours. I there's I feel like there's good ones out there. With the amount of historical sites in Boston, yeah. I would not be surprised if someone like made a podcast and was like, okay, start at this. Oh my thing. God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, that'd be fun. I applied actually to be, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called a duck tour. But it's yes, one of those I, yeah. we used to do duck tours all the time. Yeah. When we were- <laughs> I applied to be one of the people that like hosts the duck tour because they were hiring for it. And I was like, that would kind of be silly and goofy if I did that. I applied for it and they're like, what sort of accents do you do? Or what's your alter ego? And I was like, trust me, y'all, you don't need an alter ego. I am enough for this role. They just got to meet you. And I was like, yeah, didn't hear anything back. And then all my friends were like, yeah, that's kind of just reserved for middle-aged men to do. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I am not their target. I always had fun on those, but I never felt safe on them. (laughs) Why? Because it's like not, it's not meant to be a car. It's not meant to be a boat. boat. It's like part of both. And it's like, okay, is it going to sink or is it? Which is it? Which is it? Is it going to sink or is it going to stop driving today? Either or. I feel like we had a ton of those quackers in my house growing up. Like the beak. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, honestly, like any extra cash to like rake it in, make a little money. Yeah. Any like little fun job. Like I know people who babysit here. I signed up for WAG. I haven't done wa- any WAG walks yet. Don't you have to do a background check for that? Yeah, I did. Oh. I guess I'm fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard back. <laughs> yeah, you do have to do a background check for that. And it was 30 bucks. And so I haven't made that back yet. because mm, I haven't That's a tough financial loss, honestly. 30 bucks <laughs> yeah. down the drain. I, How I will you recover? Lost- I have lost money trying to get another, a second job. It seems fun. It's just like the, I think you have to do, like they do on-demand walks where it's like, you can just say, hey, I'm available. And it's never at a time where I'm like, okay. Available. Yeah. And you need like time to walk to the person and like Mm -hmm. and actually walk the dog. You need to actually do what they want me to do and what they're paying me to do. Yeah. No, I get that. My roommate tried wag and she ultimately was just like, I don't feel comfortable going into other people's houses and getting their dogs. And I was like, that's fair. Um, it's kind of a weird thing. I didn't realize that for some of the situations, they like wouldn't be home. Most of the situations, they're not home, which is, I feel like normal in the city. People are just, if they're not there to walk their dog, they need they someone to walk it. And if they are there, why wouldn't they walk their dog? You know, intuitively, that that's what sense. makes sense in my brain. But yeah. there's a lot of things that just occur in life that don't make sense. <laughs> And that don't follow any sort of logic. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, it makes sense that they wouldn't be there. Mm. (laughs) Maybe I'll reconsider. Mm. But then you could see like a lot of cool apartments that way, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I just want the dogs. I'm like, that's very true. I want a little dog to walk around and I don't want to take care of it after. (laughs) Just have my like hour with it. My little 40 minute walk with it. 
in an apartment I could not imagine in your apartment building do you have like neighbors above and below you like do you have any noise issues with them barking dogs or anything we actually have a very quiet apartment background of my apartment um I live in this area of New York called Sty Town okay which is like that's a cute name yeah (laughs) I think it's based off like the name Stuyvesant which has like a is like the name of a couple places around the city like it's not specific I think he was a big I don't know I don't want to say the wrong figure he was was... wealthy and had all this shit named after him he was a he was an important figure in New York that's all yeah let's stick with that this place is like I don't want to I guess you can you can call it a community basically it's um so like six blocks and Mm -hmm. three or four avenues across and it's basically like a little square on the east side and it's a whole group of apartment buildings that look the exact same it's priced like fairly similarly to the rest of the east village which is the area it's near but some of like the nice things about it is like we have public safety which is like really key what does that mean like security guards that basically are like on the perimeter like no one's telling you like stop you can't go in or like you need a card to get in and out Mm -hmm. of like the perimeter of the area but they like are 24 7 and they're just kind of around and there and the area is very quiet we don't have a lot of issues we have like gyms that like you still have to pay for but they're only for residents there's a ton of families and like older people in the community so there's a kids center. They put on a lot of events. So like we have pickleball courts. And so like there's pickleball lessons and games mm-hmm. in uh, the league. It makes the city feel a little smaller. And it also makes living here, I would say like a little more manageable. Things like getting your drain fixed are super easy. Mm-hmm. And you're not dealing with this management company who has no time for you and owns right. like 70 buildings across the city. And we did not think we were going to live here in the first place. Didn't really know about it. And then How did I- you find it then? If you didn't like even think to live there in the first place. Yeah, our broker brought us to an apartment. Backtracking on the process, we did use a broker and that was because Alice um, had used this lady and it went well for her and she Mm -hmm. moved a couple months before me and she had other friends who had also used this girl and we were coming in kind of blinds. Like we knew the New York real estate market was hard to find a rent. It's a lot of effort to find an apartment. Basically, right. You literally have to beat someone hand over hand to like get an apartment. And so there's no free brokers who basically find apartments for you and you don't have to pay them anything. And she kind of took us around. We didn't see anything we like absolutely loved. And she took us to Town, and we were like, okay, this is it. It's great like it's technically a flex apartment i don't know if you guys have those in boston where they like pop up a flex wall and they basically turn a one bedroom into a two no like this wall right here for me with my pictures on it it's one of the more sturdy flex walls in new york it wasn't it's not in the original building plan so like i'm living in like what used to be the living room and a lot of people do it because it cuts rent so you can take you can take a studio and turn it into like a two bedroom and split it, which is what a lot of people are doing right now because it's really expensive. Whole yeah, I did not realize that that was even a thing. I mean, I had classrooms in high school that like they had a flex wall and oh, it was yeah. like separating the two walls between like the two classrooms so that you could turn one classroom into two. But yeah. never have I heard that being a thing for an apartment. That's crazy. It's really common here. So it's basically like um a thick piece of drywall my I would well so the difference 
with some other ones is like you might walk into a one bedroom apartment and see a huge living room like we're gonna flex this and then they'll put up the drywall that they would remove if like someone else moved in and wanted it as a one bedroom i think this apartment is always this flex style i think they call it like a junior so this wall has been up for years and it's Mm -hmm. pretty solid they would literally have to do like a demolition team in there to get rid of it it's not just i don't think they would they would sell like an apartment like this as a two-bedroom across the city they would just like pop up the walls and tear them down wow so with your broker you went to visit like a bunch of different places or you kind of brought the listings to the broker and you're like okay this is what we want a little bit of both where we said like these are the things these are non-negotiables these are nice to haves that kind of list and then the market moves so fast that like your options are whatever is available Mm -hmm. within those four or five days she pulled together a listing of apartments for us to go see I will say anyone who is listening to this is looking for an apartment in New York like I think you should just go at it yourself unless you have like the most fantastic broker someone you know really well who's not like if you feel really confident they have your best interests go for it but we showed up on apartment search day and she had all apartments at the top of our budget oh so it was more for her best interest I don't to this day don't know if she did that intentionally we gave her our range and maybe we didn't make it clear enough thought it was just like what everyone knew was that like money was first everything we like listed as things we would like to have we could chip away at that to get the price we wanted like and she brought us around to these apartments and we were like hello we can't afford that but I think what she did is she showed us all of these and we're like some under bud- under our budget being like, ew, look how gross, over, oh. look how great, and then oh. drop us in to Stytown. Obviously worked out for us. Like, this is a perfect first mm-hmm. apartment, but I don't like that. <laughs> I feel like I got played. <laughs> and that's yeah. my only problem with it, because otherwise it's all, it really is great. But I would recommend, like, most of my friends just did it alone. And did they? So I know for me, I did it technically alone. Like, my roommates found an apartment on Facebook, and we all messaged our broker. And then we had to, like, pay the broker's fee, even though the broker did nothing for us. Did your friends that did it on their own, did they also have to pay a broker's fee? Like, what was that situation like? A lot of apartments are no-fee apartments, especially last year because of COVID. I think they actually put a stop on broker's fees. I don't know know how many of them actually ended up paying a broker's fee but for them it was based whoever was closest to the city or in the city went into the city took videos of the apartment facetime everyone else they went through and like mm-hmm. and then you just look at each other and you're like do we say yes because if we leave we lose it if we stay it's we that fast happen. yeah so you need it, to decide on, in that moment at that period of time you have to sign on that apartment yeah for the most part wow. especially recently it's just it's too it's too fast so when you were signing for your apartment you literally toured it and you're like okay this is in my price range this has enough of the amenities that I'm looking for we're signing right now yeah we wow. we signed that day Sidetown is a little different so like because it is like a community they have like a leasing center and you go and what you actually do when you tour Sidetown is you tour a model so mm-hmm. they have like a setup of like whatever style us ours being the junior you like Mm-hmm. And then they say, okay, you like this style. Here are like six in Stytown that 
are within your price range and are in the style you want and you can actually go and just like look at them and pick which one you want and we picked we ended up picking ours because it had the best lighting out of any of the ones we toured so like they all look exactly the same but this one had good natural lighting and that's what we went off of we were like it looks clean and the lighting's good so check so what were some other amenities that you were looking for when you had an apartment like do you have in unit laundry do you have a parking spot like those sort of things (laughs) so no one has a car here so yeah I didn't think so off the table as like a a, Mm -hmm. any sort of need um I think like kind of just like cleanliness like if we walked in and we were like okay this feels like like some of the apartments we walked into were like disgusting and yeah that came down to like the person who was currently owning it but like Mm -hmm. we were like no and then rooms big enough we both work from home so like some like big enough to have space to like feel like you didn't work in your bed basically right um and then just like decent kitchen we do have we have in-building laundry which is still pretty good so it's in our basement we have an elevator which is big (laughs) an elevator is that like unique in new york like it's hard to find really fine but like you gotta pay the price for an elevator so like i think all my my friends live in a walk-up okay yeah i mean i live in a walk-up yeah and so normally because i know a lot of people move to west village after they graduate college is that right yeah kind of so like i east village is like hardcore post-grad love and as you get a little older and you get a little more money you migrate over to the west village Mm. like if i wanted to look for an apartment in west village right now in my my price range i it would street easy would show up as zero (laughs) (laughs) wait what is street easy is that like some sort of it's an app it's like where most of new york finds their apartments street i guess it's new york specific what might be in Boston? I don't know. I literally found my apartment on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Wait, let me see if I can pull it up. So street easy. You basically can like filter by borough and then like area within the borough you're looking in. It's just an app you can, it's for New York, rent, buy and sell. And that's where like all apartments basically get posted for the most part. That's how everyone I know kind of found their listing oh really like yeah. the ones that pe- people didn't use brokers we would send our broker street easy listings wow that's cool yeah I yeah. wonder if Boston does have anything and does the street easy listing like have reviews of what the current renters or owners say about the apartment no personal like like little details it's definitely all posted by like management companies okay. and lords. It was pretty user-friendly and they have a lot of good, like you can put in where you work and it'll tell you like, how would you get to work if you live? Oh. Um, all other properties in this building, like mm-hmm. things that don't matter to us, like school districts and stuff like that. <laughs> but like- <laughs> Stuff that simply doesn't it. apply to me. It's a really good app. I think, I, I, I'm assuming it just came out of like so many people constantly looking for apartments here and they were like, New York needs this. I would imagine. I know that you said no one really has a car and the app tells you how to get to work. So public transport is obviously huge. I mean, I would imagine Ubers are expensive. So how do you typically get from like place to place? Subway and walking. 
One okay. thing, um, I think you'll f- agree with this, but I was talking to Haley Izzo the other day. It was like, it's horrible that we used to Uber in Oxford. She's like, it's terrible. And I was like, yeah, we went, went to drinks last night and we're like 40 minute walk and we're like we're walking home like if the sun's out or it's not pouring rain you're just using you bet your bottom dollar i'm getting my steps in yeah did that's that too it's like well might as well record it as a walk (laughs) yep yep it's that hot girl walk girl you gotta do it you gotta do it it's fun though too like i like walking around but it's between yeah walking subway really late at night ubers and lifts that's the gist on public transportation. The news says maybe not as like as an extreme as it like looks out looks to everyone else, but public transport has gotten worse. Are people using the subway? The level has gotten to what it was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Definitely more people just commuting in general and like going around. It's been a little freaky. Say you were going to the subway by yourself right now. What is your normal behavior when you do that? If I'm out, I'm typically like always calling someone. Like I like to be on the phone while I'm like traveling to from. You go down the subway and like back up against like a wall or the nearest pole. Um, and you'll see like everyone else is is doing the same thing. Like everyone's kind of got their eyes. Okay, like who's around me? What's around me? Like if you get on the train and like there's a precarious situation going on, you just everyone's moving cars. Yeah, just kind of like way more aware of your surroundings, I guess, is the general thing. Um, when I come home from work, I fill my hydro flask out and I carry it. Good. Get that heavy weapon out. It's things like that, like you don't want to think about. And it, honestly, there's times when it's come down to it where I'm like, I'm so tired. Like I shouldn't go and take the subway right now, which is more like after going out on the weekends or like a late work event. But yeah, that and some pepper spray. Do you walk around with pepper spray all the time? Well, not like all the time, but if I remember it, yeah, I feel like most people are the same. Oh my God. That's the weird thing about Boston. It's eerily safe. When you go and take public transportation, people are still on their phones. They're not really engaged in the environment. I don't think it's anything like what you're explaining in New York. Like, it seems like everyone's very cognizant about what's going on. They're very aware of their surroundings. Whereas I'm still like walking around Boston. And I don't know if this is me just being an idiot and being very ignorant to my surroundings, but <laughs> I'm walking around with headphones on, minding my own business, not having a care in the world. No, and I, I do think like with me saying all of that, like precaution, cautions people have been taking and including myself I still like plug my headphones in and Mm -hmm. like head out like I'm constantly I constantly have my headphones in when I'm walking around traveling to from it's a tough topic because you do all these things Mm -hmm. all these precautions you can really only do like so much to protect yourself right certain situation and so I think people are pretty, maybe the people who aren't feeling like going out aren't going out because of those reasons. You just kind of do what you can and you stay aware. Exactly. I mean, I don't think when I was even in New York City, I was even thinking twice about walking the streets alone. Like I was just yeah. doing it. Again, I kind of have this blissfully unaware, <laughs> ignorant mentality where I just walk through life and I think that I'm invincible <laughs> and that nothing bad could ever possibly happen to little old me. I think a lot of us have that kind 
complex because you're like, I mean, for the most part, when you're walking around New York, you just any city, you're just feeling like you're amongst the crowd. Like it doesn't, there's not many times where I'm walking around like, oh my God, I'm, really I'm alone and vulnerable. Situation. Or like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I can't hide from it. You can do the right. best you can. I mean, the next best thing to getting away from it is moving. Not gonna <laughs> No, no one wants to do that. Yeah. yeah. Moving is a pain. And I genuinely, I don't know about you, but I ordered all of my furniture to my apartment and I built it in my apartment. Is that what you did? My, so my roommate and I are from like similar or close areas at home. So we Mm -hmm. split a moving truck. Oh, that's so nice. It was nice. Honestly, the the movers made it so easy. But I did like a similar thing where I ordered everything because I was at my parents' house. And so Mm -hmm. I ordered most of my stuff there, like built what I could before like transferring it. Yep. And then brought it all here. Luckily had an elevator. Honestly, I think my movers were like so happy about (laughs) it. I can't, like, one of my friends lives in a six-floor walk-up. That's what you call a walk-up? Yeah. What'd you think when I said walk-up? When I think of a walk-up, I literally think of a townhouse. Oh, no, I'm talking like this, the apartment building is stairs only. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Wow, no. That's that... the most, most of the older apartments here. That is not what I call a walk-up. I call a walk-up a townhouse. <laughs> like, those are interchangeable to me. I, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Anyways, continue. <laughs> yeah. So I was just saying, I can't imagine like moving furniture into that. No. I walked up. So I'm in a three story townhouse. I walked up one flight of stairs. I was like, okay, that's good. I'm good with never yeah. doing that ever it's again. It's a lot when you're moving stuff. Oh my God. So you got movers. And then how long did that whole process take of like moving in and then getting all of your stuff for your apartment? So how's your apartment set up? So I know it's a two bedroom. Explain to me. So you walk in the front doors of your apartment building, yeah. your building, not the individual apartment oh, itself. So what do you see when you walk in? We have two entrances. We have like okay. a front and a back. The most common one is like the back one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mail room door. Well, we swipe a key card to get in, which is okay. a nice perk of living here. But we have laundry room, mail downstairs, get in the elevator, come upstairs. The funniest thing about Staiton is every building looks the same and the interior of every building is the exact same so i've had i've had friends go into six and ring my apartment building number door have stood up at the door of the exact same apartment number in another building like hey i'm here i'm like "Mm, open my door no you're not (laughs) the thing is no you're not (laughs) wrong door but that's like a funny thing about it but yeah, you walk in, we got, we have a living room, no windows in there because my room is like the cutoff of the living room and okay. the window ends up in here. We have like a skinnier living room, a like little kitchen off to the side. It's like a little nook kitchen basically. So it's like got everything you need. Do you have a kitchen solid. table in there? Oh, oh no. It's literally like a carve out. We do have like a table to eat at that's like against the wall in our living room mm-hmm. one couch one tv then it's my room then you walk back so i don't have closets in my room so i use a hall closet oh wow and then bathroom and my roommate's room would you say that your apartment has a lot of space i don't like talking square footage even though i'm an engineer i my I brain know what you meant when you said yeah i don't know what 600 square feet looks like i have no oh, i have i have no idea how many 
many square feet I'm in, but uh, compared to the people I know whose apartments I've been in, we have more space. Like when my friends are like, oh, like we should watch like a movie. Like this is where they're going to come because I have like this space for the seating. Most of my friends' apartments, you walk in and the shared area is like a galley kitchen. So just like against the wall, a couch and a table somehow like configured to the space. Wow. And like a TV somewhere. I think the point of living in New York is like, you're not supposed to spend time in your apartment. Yeah, it's more about the experiences out of the apartment than in it. But that's yeah. kind of hard being that the new world is all about remote yeah, work. It, it is. That, that's what's like been nice actually having space and like clearly everyone makes it work. Like I would honestly, I would consider like downsizing. Like I love this apartment and I like mm-hmm. it, but like the, I guess the goal in the next year would be to like be spending more time like doing things rather than mm-hmm. more time in the apartment. It, like I don't think I'm going back in office, but I hope people are moving around a little more. But yeah, I think people just make it work. Like there's enough things to like that having a small apartment doesn't bother them. Yeah, so like make or break it. Yeah. yeah. And so your apartment that you're currently living in, to go back to the conversation about like what your budget was and that sort of thing. Yeah. Ultimately, this fell into your price range, but I know New York City is absolutely egregious in pricing and that sort of thing. So yeah. did you follow the typical 30% rule or how did you kind of budget for your I apartment? I think people fall more between like the 40 to 50%. Really? If I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, especially right now, I think it feels exaggerated because a ton of people had COVID deals in the last like 18 months. Right. When people's rent are going up, like one of my friends, she had a three bedroom that was like a good size, went from 3,600 to 4,800 in the monthly rent. And that's That's like COVID deal to like, yeah, above average. Like other people have had like minimal increases to their monthly rent, like with their renewal, like 150 Mm -hmm. bucks a month. But like that's not like the increases people are seeing. That's crazy. So are those people that are seeing that big of an increase, are they just eating that cost or are they looking to find other places? They're staying. Wow. The cost of finding another apartment, how yeah. hard it is to find another apartment right now. Like, cause you're like, okay, well I have everything I need right now. Like mm-hmm. do I take the cost or do I move? Likely end up paying more for like what I have. They just ended up being like at least another year. That's kind of how my roommates and I were. So our lease is up in June and we had one of our roommates unexpectedly move out. We were kind of thinking, okay, well, should we move somewhere else that might be like a little bit less expensive? I feel like we might be overpaying. And then ultimately we decided it would be way more expensive to pay first month's rent, last month's rent, broker's fee on a new apartment, plus trying to find a new apartment and then touring it and all of that stuff. It is just so incredibly difficult to move. Yeah, it's so much effort, time and effort. It's crazy and money. It's not exactly an enticing thing to do unless you really- yeah or you have a a good budget where you can like go and get what you really want if that's Mm -hmm. I have until October I don't know what we're gonna do so what is the um normal process in New York I know in Boston it's typically 90 days before your lease ends you're supposed to give your is there something like that there or is it kind of like hey this is what we're planning on doing there is but it's it's depends on your management company right because I've heard like different things for different people Mm-hmm. But yeah, they do have that. So it's like, we'll tell you X date. You have to tell us by this date. That's really vague, but I don't really know. Obviously, it's going to change from like building to building, person to person, like probably borough to borough, but <laughs> eh, who knows? But yeah, yeah, so do you spend 
I know for me, I spend a lot, a lot of time in my neighborhood. Yeah. Do you go out of your neighborhood frequently? Like, what is the deal there? Like, do you spend a lot of time in Stytown or? I guess I think one difference between like Boston and New York is that like the lines between the neighborhoods, like it's very blurred. Stytown itself isn't exactly a neighborhood. It's just like a place to live. Like we're located in like the East Village. Okay. You take one step off west of Stytown, you're in Gramercy. You take one step south, you're in East Village. Like I would say you probably spend the most time like in the ones more local to you um or where your friends are at but no nothing specific like I work up in midtown I have friends all over not not really spending time in one place a lot more than another that's actually so interesting to me because I literally just spend every waking moment in Southie and I there are weekends where or weeks that I don't leave my neighborhood I commute to work and I come back and I'm in Southie I stay in South I don't leave yeah that's funny because I get I guess like when you pick somewhere to live you like really have to commit to the neighborhood like you're not like oh well I'm always gonna be over here anyway you live work and play yeah exactly so you said you're remote are you ever gonna be in office are you full-time remote always we're in like what's called a flexible working arrangement where if I work on a client that once we bought the client site I go to the client site I I work with people nationally so like I'm working on a team right now with okay. people from across the country so like it's never gonna be like hey the team's in the office today like is everywhere unless they flew us all to the same office to work together which is nice yeah so I'm I'm in this flexible arrangement like I'm going to the office tomorrow to like sit with friends and get like work drinks after work that kind of thing but I have no commitment to be anywhere I have to be in the U.S. Puerto Rico okay (laughs) very good and then have you met a lot of friends from work is that how you met the majority of the people or how Uh, have you been meeting people my friends mostly just come from like my different parts of life so Coming, mm-hmm. I grew up in Philly, so I had a, a good amount of friends from high school that moved up here. My roommate is like a longtime childhood friend. A couple people from college, mutual friends, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I think people are right, and I don't know if you feel the same way, where it's like a year to 18 months, like, I actually feel like I have a foundation of friends. Um, I completely agree with that. Like, I have people I know, and I have people I love to hang out with. It's going to be different from college, and like, you know, when you're post-grad, you're like, okay, like, where's my... Mm-hmm. where's my group where's my like house of people that I show up back to every day kind of thing it's not adulthood no it's not and that was my biggest difficulty when moving to the city I was like there must be hundreds of other people moving to the city that are looking to make friends but for whatever reason I could not find those people and they're they're out there because like we're talking about it we have the same issue like you can't tell me I can't imagine that like not every other like post-grad girl is out there being like "Hmm, this is it like everyone's always looking to like meet more people and do new things um yeah you did this joining activities so I joined Mm -hmm. the street hockey league oh amazing I love that I played one game I'm like obsessed with because Mm -hmm. I'm like oh my god I'm like showing up and I'm meeting new people and like we have beers after and we hang out and I'm like I think I'm like thrilled to have like a little community I love that wait so how did you find the street hockey team through my a director at work yeah she she we were talking about field hockey and she was like oh my god I play in a street hockey league and I was like sign me up I want to play I was dying to get back into like a rec 
back sport. Mm -hmm. I've only played one game. We have another game this weekend, but I've loved it. I think it's the idea of like, finally being in I don't know I've operated in like same circles yep. for a while where I'm like oh my god just like a ton of new people and I'm ready to go every Sunday I had the same discussion with Kenzie and ultimately everyone ends up making friends in the same way like when I talked to Alex he made friends from a volleyball league and yeah. Kenzie made friends from a pickleball league and I've made my best friends from a kickball league and it seems like that's been the unifier for everybody recently yeah. is that these sports leagues are what is driving people to be friends and I by no means would consider myself a kickball person like no one is a kickball person okay I was thinking about this and I'm glad you brought it up because I was like I had such a good time after the game and like I think I was the youngest and it's people up to like 50 or something I was just like what like why do people always say like join a sports league like you'll find friends there and I feel like it's because like team sports or people who like want or just enjoy like community in general end up going for activities like that and like they're showing up for the same reasons you are so yeah it's a mutual interest in like being around people and then it just ends up being a good time because everyone's kind of like got the same ideas on their mind you know when you have like a cheesy moment where like proud I'm so grateful like someone brought this up to me and like gave me the opportunity to join a street hockey team I was like I would have never found it on my own I know and honestly there has been moments like that because the softball fields, baseball fields, and like soccer fields, volleyball courts, whatever, they're all in South Boston. It's like a 20 minute walk away from my apartment. We would all leave the games together. And then there was a sponsor bar. And so we would all go to the sponsor bar after. And it was like my team, the team that we just played, the team in the field over from us. We all went to this bar together after and just the walk there and the walk, everyone's together and everyone's rowdy because they just finished a game. Like it is so much fun. <laughs> it really it's so it's so corny to say but it really is and it's such an, an irreplaceable feeling that you kind of miss from playing sports in high school or being a part yeah. of a team in high school whether it was a part of an athletic team or an educational team it was just like that team camaraderie that yeah. everyone kind of looks for and that you don't necessarily get from the workplace no. yeah you can be friends with your work friends but it's different yeah I 100% agree I I like my only thing was like oh my god I wish I found this sooner yeah is it a short season or is it kind of a longer season long so it's like I think it's pretty well established like with like similar people haven't been involved for a while so it runs the first game was two weekends ago so they skip like major holidays like Mother's Day they skip or whatever um but it runs through September wow yeah wow that is a long season and did you have to pay money or was it free uh yeah you have to pay into it they haven't decided like the league fees but the team I joined ended up being like the a merger of two teams from last season Mm -hmm. we had new jerseys it was like 60 bucks for the jerseys what that's it yeah I paid like I I think it'll be like 50 for the league Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's it's not, it's really not that bad for like friends. <laughs> well, honestly, and that's a long time to be playing. I play yeah. under this umbrella called Volo, which oh, is- Oh, we have that here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do. And it's essentially just like, for those listening that don't know, it's essentially like this charity fundraiser. So they- okay 
donate to kids that don't have the money to buy equipment for sports. So your league fees go to that and you're essentially just paying for your jersey fee and then to have the field. And I think to have like the refs show up to the games. I'm I'm really looking forward to the next game. (laughs) <laughs> and I think you can agree with me. I think we're both pretty competitive people. It's really fun to compete. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a good outlet. Like there are very few places where you compete anymore being an adult. And, and honestly, are aggressive. like I'm, I got my ankles sliced by like a six year old. I have, I have like these two gashes on my ankle because you just like stepped and went over it. And I was like, all right. So that's how we play here. Okay. Yeah. I was like noted. Um, wow I'll learn a body check in the next <laughs> I already started physical therapy basically. <laughs> dead serious I wish I was joking not just because of the hockey but the hockey did make me realize I need to go I literally have been so horrible about like finding a doctor for literally anything in Boston That's so hard have you no. I don't get to the dentist in a while that's literally me so I I've moved around so much in my entire life. Like, I don't think I've been to the same dentist consecutively for the last five years. Yeah. Within like the past two years, my dad moved again and we were graduating and I was moving to Boston. And so ultimately, I don't think I've seen a dentist in over a year. And I'm kind of just like at this point where I'm like, I think I probably have 10 cavities. I'm scared to go to the dentist. It does make going scarier the more you wait. Like in general, the same thing with the doctor. It's like, oh, I haven't seen a doctor in a year. Like, are they going to kill me when I show up because I have like issues? And also at the same time, I am a freckly person and I get a lot of moles and I have like this mole that showed up on my side and I was like, oh my God, do I have cancer? And so I scheduled an appointment with a dermatologist. This has been the only doctor I've seen in Boston and it was covered by insurance. Me thinking in my brain of my experiences as a doctor and me having my dad cover all of my medical expenses my entire life. I was like, oh, it's covered by insurance. It's free. It's just, I just go and insurance is kind of cover it. So I go and this woman like checks me out, looks at all my stuff. She's like, nope, you're good. And I'm like, oh, cool. And she's like, yep, covered by insurance. So we'll just send you the invoice once we're done. I'm like, cool. Can't wait to get that receipt where it says $0 on it. No, you have a get copay. Re- yep. Yep. I literally discovered what a copay was in that moment. <laughs> I literally opened the envelope and I was like, $150 for you to tell me that my body is fine. Yeah. Why am I doing that? Why do, do I want to know a that? tip? Maybe your podcast will enjoy this too. But when you go to the dermatologist, if you have something for them to remove, you need to tell them that it's like affecting your daily life. So like I'm, I'm with your podcast is going to love this. I'm, I'm a freckly moly person as well. And I was like, oh, like this is kind of like, I have, a, I was like, oh, it's kind of gross. Like I don't really want to look at it anymore. And my mom's like, well, when you go, you need to say that it, it's like near my head. And she was like, you need to say that like it bleeds every time you brush your hair. <laughs> and then the insurance covers it because it's not just cosmetic. It's medically necessary. I'm using that and it's done. Um, Insurance, if you're listening, I'm worried. I'm worried about this mole and I'm worried that I'm going to rip it off. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the kind of energy you need to go into the dermatologist. (laughs) No, but seriously, that's the only doctor I went to. And then this is so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. I was like, 
I'm going to look for a dentist probably like a month and a half ago. And so I went on my, it's called Sydney app. If you have United Health. I haven't yeah. used that. And it tells you of all of the healthcare providers within a certain industry. Yeah, okay. I've used the website to do that. Yeah. So it's essentially the same thing, but it's just its app version. And so I went on, found a dentist. I scheduled an appointment. I was like, okay, I'm going to take my time off from work. I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this. I went on to the website and I was like, oh my God, they can take me to tomorrow? What? That's crazy. And so I was like, okay, done. Like someone must have canceled because I, that's so crazy to me that they had this open. Yeah. And so I take my time off and I go to my dentist and I walk there. I show up with a mask on. And the woman's like, oh, so like, what are you here for? And I was like, well, I'm here for, I'm here for a cleaning. And she's like, looks at me and she's like, you scheduled an emergency appointment and an emergency isn't cleaning. And I was like, <laughs> I am so sorry to it have wasn't wasted not tagged your as, like, emergency on the scheduling thing. It wasn't apparent to me. And <laughs> I was like, I would like went back to look at the sent me the text message of the confirmation. Yeah. Didn't there was no it. indication that this was an emergency. That's like, so bizarre. And I was like, um, I mean, a 30 minute, normally dentist procedures aren't really scheduled for 30 minutes. Maybe they're just very efficient. I don't know. And so maybe that should have been my red flag that it was a 30 minute thing, but maybe they just get in get out with the cleaning really fast. And like, that's it. That's all you get. Like they're not checking for cavities. They're just cleaning your teeth. And so you just gave up after that. You were like, yeah, I'm not going to the dentist. She was like, yeah, so we can, we're not able to get you in until June. And I think I went in there at the beginning of March and I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing during that period of time. Yeah. That's the hardest part. They're like, do you want to schedule your follow-up like from 2023? No. Can't say that I want to do that. Yeah. And then when you do do that, it's like, oh, I have this random appointment scheduled around the same time that I decided to have plans for the one yeah. time in my life. And now I have to show up or cancel and reschedule for six months out again. Oh, adulthood. It's too good. It honestly is. But I want to ask you one more final question before I let you go, because I don't want to take up too much more of your night. I actually have two more questions. So just bear with me. My first one is, what is the most unexpected thing, whether it's positive or negative, about moving to New York City? What took you by most surprise? this This is twofold. People are not as mean as they, like, say they are. And, like, I don't think I really, like, thought that coming in. Oh, backtrack. This is this is something I tell people when they come and visit. And they're like, oh, my God, you live in New York. And it's New York. And it's, it's everything. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. But, like, people forget when you move to New York, you still have to live the same life that everyone else lives you're Mm -hmm. just doing it in New York like yeah you come and you visit and you have a great weekend but like at the end of the day like everyone still goes to work in New York Mm -hmm. everyone still has laundry to do when they go home people to take care of like things to take care of and I I think that's something that some for some reason when people think about New York gets lost on them Mm -hmm. like it's like everything goes out the window and you live a magical big apple life (laughs) and I, I definitely didn't think that like I, I felt like I had a realistic idea of what I was going into mm-hmm. but I guess that's unexpected in the way like I wasn't expecting everyone to have that reaction like people are like oh I can live here how fun and you brunch and you lounge on the side of the street yeah if you have an un- un- unlimited disposable income you can go sit out <laughs> there and drink 
I'm or not, if you just have no income, you can also just sit out there and drink, but you do that full time. Yeah, you can like, uh, like I'm going to drink it out of a brown bag because I had to bring it from home. Yeah, I think that was that was kind of unexpected in a different sense of like the question you were mm-hmm. asking. But I think that was like an interesting, an interesting realization once everything settled was like, oh, the bill's still still come and work oh that's yeah it's that it's that time of the month again is it no time for rent i just got paid perfect timing huh and your second paycheck like comes in on the 31st and out on the first yeah that is the hardest thing to say goodbye to you're like it was nice knowing you for 12 hours yeah it was like hope you enjoyed your stay (laughs) thanks for adding to my very ever so slight (laughs) income interest on my bank account thank you so much yeah you're like oh i made 32 cents this last week (laughs) (laughs) exactly perfect good love that and then I guess my last, it's a two-parter, okay. even though this last one was also a, a two-parter. What has been your favorite things and least favorite things about living in New York City? Like my favorite days are like ones where you just like step outside and everyone's buzzing. Like the, the couple of nice days we've had in like the last month, like when you walk through the city on a good day, like you just feel like everyone's happy. You can feel everyone's happiness just radiating off of them spending time in like parks and just sitting with friends like those super nice like loungy moments just around the city have been some of my favorite days here that's something I definitely love about it I think ease of access and just like getting places getting to people doing things is super easy and then on the other side of that my least favorite thing rent (laughs) (laughs) I just like I think that's like the only big negative I can get really I guess on the other end of like my favorite part is like I think you can get really stuck in your apartment here I actually made a rule for myself I'm like if you're gonna if you're gonna get food unless you are in some sort of crazy situation where like you're starving and you have absolutely nothing and you want to order like you can I can order I'm like telling myself what I can do I can (laughs) you're allowed to do this yeah I can order food in those situations, but like I was, I was ordering food like a lot one week. I was like, it's right outside my door. I need to go walk to it. Like, so you can't really hold up here. You have to like actively work against sitting in your apartment all day. That's like probably one of the tougher things. And I don't know that that's unique to New York, but I think it happens to a lot of people here. Yeah, I would imagine because everything's just at your fingertip. Yeah. You can order anything and have it there in seconds. That's my New York life review. That's the that's it. Oh. I do love it though. And this was fun. I'm glad I got to talk about it with you because I I feel like people are like, shut up. You live in New York. No one cares. I love learning about it because it's just interesting to see all the similarities and differences. Cause I for the yeah. longest time was like convinced that the people in Boston were just hard to make friends with but then I started talking to Alex in LA and Kenzie in Chicago and even when I talked to you in New York like everyone was having difficulty making friends yeah and I realized that it wasn't just a unique experience to Boston and it wasn't just a unique experience to me and so taking comfort in the fact that people are also having the same struggles and the same difficulties as you are ultimately is what led me to make this podcast so that people can relate to you because as much as you feel like this is my own feeling that no one else can relate to, those are actually what stories people are able to resonate most with. It's just nice to talk to other people. And I think if 
you're thinking like a post-grad audience or like anyone post-grad like keep in contact with your friends from college or like friends from wherever mm-hmm. and like don't be like yeah like I'm so happy when you might be actually miserable because one you're allowed to be miserable you're totally allowed to hate it and mm-hmm. like hating it doesn't mean the world's gonna end and you have to move home and your life that you thought you wanted doesn't can't exist anymore and maybe that's the case and maybe that's the best option but like for the most part like there's just a lot of hard parts about yeah and also hating it doesn't mean that you failed no like I feel like that was such a huge thing when I was realizing that I was having a difficult time at work like yeah I thought that I failed and I was like I failed Boston. Like I'm not meant to be here. I'm not meant to work in a startup environment when that's not the case. Yeah. And the more people that you talk to, the more you'll realize that you're not the only one that feels this way. And that's not to say take away from anyone's discomfort and feeling some in a certain situation or that their situation is insignificant. No, it just means that you're not the only one having this issue. And there's other people that can probably relate to you and help you navigate through the troubling time that you're having. Moving to New York isn't for everybody. Moving to across the country isn't for everybody. And it's okay to admit that it's not for you. I have a good quote to end on. That's actually like my new uh, phone background. This guy, Scott Galloway, he's like a tech writer whatever he's a very interesting guy but talks a lot about how like the key to success is your willingness and ability to endure failure and rejection and I feel like that's a good lesson in terms of just like life in general post-grad life specifically shit's gonna go downhill constantly and like the more you can just like figure your way out through it and like use your resources to get through it like the closer you are to where you want to be that's the tea. No, I completely agree. <laughs> now, I And I love that quote as well, because that's, I feel like on Instagram and every, it is so easy to make looking, living in a new city look amazing and look like, wow, I'm having the time of my life. Blah, blah, blah. Like I was miserable in Boston for my first summer. Like yeah. I knew nobody. I knew nobody. And I was like, <laughs> this, I, I literally came home and cried in my bed like twice a week. Yeah. And I was like, no one talks about this everyone is just happy moving on from college and you know what everyone's doing the exact same thing it's just no one's saying it yep everyone thinks everyone else is living their happy carefree life nope not the case not the case it's a lot it is a lot and being an adult is a lot and a lot mentally and financially yeah let's just say that I'm so glad that you were able to come on. Thank you for sharing your time and insight with me. It was great to see your smiling face again. Yeah, this was fun. We should just FaceTime every week. (laughs) 